Today's daf is Sari Beis. We are holding on Sari Aleph Ahmed Beis, a little more than halfway down, the end of the line, Ahu Gavra. What is this? Ahu, so we, we learn as follows. Ahu Gavra, there was a certain individual, Davimaski Bey Mezuzi. So he had, he was a debtor, he had owed, he owed a hundred Zuz. Alright? Now, Shachiv, he passed away. Now the halacha is when a person passes away, the debt that he incurred when he was alive, he, the uh, creditors can only collect from real estate. And real estate upon which they have their debt, there's a lien upon their debt, they can collect that. And it can be uh, collected, uh, forced on the estate to pay it. But metaltalin, cash, or movables, no matter how much he left, the, and even though there's a, even though, although there's a mitzvah, it's part of Kibbutz have a aim to pay off the debt of the father, they cannot be forced to do so. They choose to as voluntary. They cannot be forced. Now, so what happened over here? The father owed a hundred zuz, died, and left the estate fifty zuz. So shavi katina the arad shavia chamshin zuzin. So aza bal chayv a katar place. So the bal chayv, who by right came, he said, I have a lien on the land, even though it only pays off part of the debt, but I'll take, I'll take it, better than nothing, and he wanted to take the land. Now, the Yosomim wanted to hold on to the property, the sentimental value, whatever it is, they would rather hold on to the property. So they so they figured to get rid of the Baal Chov, anyway, he'd only be able to take 50 Zuz of land, so let's just pay him up the 50 Zuz, tell him to get lost, and then, then we'll hold on to the property. So he took the 50 zuz from them, and then he came back. He said, well, I now want to pay, I still, I still am owed another 50 zuz, because it was 100 zuz, my RUU, and there's still land in the, in the estate. So Hadakatarvle, he came back for, for the second 50. So uh, obviously the Yisrael said, one second, but we paid you, and you would only have been able to take 50 because that's all there was a land. Who gave you the 50? So you shouldn't be able to come back again. Right? And he's saying is, I'm allowed to go after real estate. If there's, another, if there's still 50 sous of real estate left, I should be able to collect that as my second half of the collection for to make it the, the full hundred. So this matter came to Abaya. He was the dying. And Amr Lahan, and, and he said to the orphans, Mitzvah is that although it cannot be forced on the Yisomim, there is a mitzvah for the Yisomim to pay. And therefore, if you gave cash, so therefore that doesn't remove the obligation that the state has to pay the father from real estate, you just did a mitzvah by paying with cash. You didn't have to pay with cash. So, so therefore, that first 50, you fulfilled the mitzvah, did but it did not remove the shibud completely of a hundred from the estate. So, now that he wants to take the remaining 50 based on the land, he has a right to take it because the shibud still remains on the land for 50, so he has a right to collect that. So, Velo Amran, Ella, the law of Amrule, Hani Hamshin Zuzi, made the Arakatino. Now, this is only true if they never specifically said that we are, uh, giving you the 50 for the land, meaning 
the way the Sam Rishon explained this, it's as if like they think, fine, you had a right, you take the land. You collected the land, and now we are buying it from you. Meaning, if they made it clear that the 50 is for the land, so then, if they said, this is for the land, in order to remove the shibud of the land, we are buying it back from you. So it's as if you collected it, and now we're buying it back. Once the he bought it, and now he's selling it back to them, that ostensibly removed the shibud, and then Salukis Alkamene, it's a Luke, he has now removed himself from it, there is no more shibud on that land, and he cannot come back and collect a second time from the property. So, bottom line is, if all they did is don't take the property, here's the money, right? That doesn't help them. That helps for the, for the 50, first 50. He can still come back and take the profit for the second one. But if they made it, spoke it out, is that you've taken that and we're buying it back from you. So by buying it from you, that releases the shibud and he now can no longer take it back. That is the way some of the Shonim explain Shat Nabai. Let's go Vaita. Who gabra dezavna leksuvasa de'imei v'tevesan no. What happened is over here is there was a son. His mother was married to someone who wasn't the father, right? Rashi learns. And he has the only rights that he'll have to the ksuva is if his mother collects the ksuva and then his mother dies, he would inherit that property from the mother. So Basically, the way the Achronim explained Rashi, because Rashi learns it wasn't his father, it was his father, so then he would have rights on it either way because of Ksuvus Bidindichrin. He'd be able to collect it. But that's not talking about Ksuvus Bidindichrin situation. And he basically wants, he wants to uh, uh, drum, uh, drum up some money over here. So what he does is he finds somebody that's willing to make a completely speculative sale. What's shot? He says to someone like this, on the outside chance that the, uh, my stepfather will die, my mother will then inherit her, get her ksuva, and then she will die and I will inherit it from her, I will sell you that property. Now, Rashi Antes point out actually that, that, that technically that's not a valid sale. Because it's completely a davar olam, it's completely a speculative type of sale. It would not really be a valid sale, and that's going to make a difference in a moment, and we'll see why. But he was able to find somebody that's willing to buy whatever that value is assessed at. Obviously, it's going to be pennies for the dollar because nobody's going to throw in full money of the value of the land on the outside chance that it's, it's a speculative sale and a person is, it's like a penny stock, right? He says, on the outside chance that I end up inheriting it, I will sell, it, it'll be yours uh, for, for uh, you know, uh, five cents to the dollar, ten cents to the dollar, fine. But he made it condition. He said, I'm a, uh, so he said, like, that's what's called betovasano. Betovasano is, that there is a, a, a tangential benefit for the tangential benefit, for the outside benefit that he might receive for the, uh, if, if everything lines up. But Amar lay, but he told the buyer that him asya imi aim that I'll sell to you on the chance 
But if my mother finds out that I did this and complains, how could I sell this with, uh, almost like waiting for her to die? And she gets upset about it. So then the din is that all bets are off. I'm going to tell her that no, I am, uh, not, I am, uh, rescinding the, the, the sale, but, Lo mefatsina loch, but I will not uh, protect you. I will not save you. Meaning that it's a chance you're taking. If my mother is okay with it and doesn't complain, so then fine, the sale uh, will go through. And again, Tosas explains it's not really a valid sale. Means at any point in time he could say, you know, it wasn't a valid sale, and return the money. But he's saying is I'm willing to honor. The, 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 uh, this arrangement on condition that my mother doesn't complain. But if she does complain, then you lose your money. You invested in something and it's a bad investment, you're going to end up losing your money. It means not that it's Mekkah Tos now, because it was never a Mekkah. means if I wanted to pull as a Mekkah Tos and give you back your money, I could, that technically could have been done. But I'm not, I'm willing to stay by my word. But if my mother complains about it, then I am going to uh, uh, rescind the arrangement and you lose your money. So what happened was, Shechiva imei v'loi ir-ar-ero. means and she did not do an iru. She did not protest. She talk, uh, accepted and did not complain. So what happens? For us, So now the son who now inherited the mother, means the father died, mother inherited, did not complain, uh, when, uh, when the sale was made and now the son steps into the shoes of the mother because he inherits the mother and now he protests now he protests and saying basically what we're going to see that since he steps into the shoes of his mother and therefore since he takes over he takes over her right so her right to protest would have rescinded the sale and the buyer would have lost his money the son has the same right now that he inherits the mother, steps into her shoes, that he can also protest and not have to pay back the money. He's not saying is this was never a mekkah to begin with and he has your money back. No. He has a way even to cause him to lose the pennies of the dollar that he spent. So Amale Rova, Rova said, Nehida Chryos Dido Loikabila He says, that's, a, that's an incorrect psak. This is a number of times we're going to see the same idea. So Rambar Chama came out, suggested what he thought the Allah would be, and Rova says that that's not the Allah. He says as follows, even though when this pseudo transaction took place, it's true that the son was able to sell this property with the condition or with the stipulation saying that, listen, I cannot control my mother's reaction. And my mother's reaction, I'm not ensuring it. Meaning, if my mother gets upset, it's done. The sale is, is voided and you lose your money. That part is acceptable because that is something that's beyond his control. And therefore, the buyer would be willing to accept that uh, lack of coverage because he cannot promise how the mother would react. Right? But, however, concerning how he would react if he now becomes the, uh, the owner of the property, if he takes it up. Of course, that's something that it could be controlled. And 
when the, the arrangement was made, did not, did you not think that the buyer would have thought to himself, is that part of it, I don't accept, I don't expect that he's going to come to me and say, I should lose my money because I'm now want to invoke my mother's right. That, that's not appropriate. That you have control of it. And if you were guaranteeing me that you're willing to sell it, the understanding was that you're assuring me that you yourself aren't going to protest about it to cause me to lose my money. And therefore, says Rava, that whereas the mother could have protested and caused the buyer the loss of money, the son cannot argue that now he takes over that right because the expectation was that the son, once he guaranteed that he would go through with this, would not be revoking this under the pretense that he takes over the rights of the mother. Let's go weiter. Amar Rami Barachama, Nochamo. Rami Barachama gave the following... Uh, uh, halachic uh, synopsis, his take on it, and we're going to see Rova is going to reject it. So it says, Ruven Shemachar Sadeh Veshimon So we had over here, generally, when you're dealing with real estate, if Ruven sells Shimon a property, Shimon usually will buy it with the condition that if for some reason the land gets taken away from Shimon, for example, one of Ruven's previous uh, creditors had a lien on the land and allows him to collect for encumbered properties and he comes and takes away from Shimon so then Shimon could go to Basin, get a start tirfa like we learned yesterday and come back and collect the value of the property in some cases even what he invested in the property he can collect from Reuben that's called selling Bahraias sometimes there's a sale as is and as is sale basically is that it's buyer beware, you're willing to take it probably worth less money under such circumstances, the sale, but you're buying it and if any reason, for any reason this land gets taken away from you, Shimon, you cannot come back to me. There are no guarantees and you cannot come back to me, your money will be lost. So, Ruben Jamach Asadil Shimon Shaloi Bachrayus. Okay? So, also Shimon Amachal Ruben Bachrayus. Sometime later is, uh, Reuven wanted the property back. And he went to Shimon. He said to him, Would you agree to sell it back to me? Shimon said, I will agree to sell it back to you. Right? And in this case, Reuven was smart. He said, Okay, I'll pay you the money. Maybe even agree to pay a little more. But he said, But I want, when I buy it from you, I buy it with insurance. I want there to be insurance on this. That if something happens, what is it called? Title insurance. If something happens that there is a question on the property or a, a uh, or, or um, your or, or there is a creditor that comes and takes away the property so Reuben says to Shimon I will pay you the money for it but then you have to recompensate me so even though when Reuben sold to Shimon he did without Achrayas when Shimon sold it back to Reuben he sold it with Achrayas that's the scenario now what happened was we would have expected, yeah, Reuben now loses the field. Now, why did Reuben lose the field? We would have expected if Shimon's creditor showed up. Shimon had outstanding debt that put a lien on this. That means after Shimon had originally bought it from Reuben, he borrowed money, let's say, there's a lien on it, and then the land was taken away from Reuben. So we understand the simple shot is Reuben now loses the land. He, had, he did take uh, title insurance. He did take insurance on it. So now he goes to Basin. Basin will write a start tier. He goes back to Shimon, and Shimon now has to pay him back the purchase price 
fine. But what happened over here is the following, is that Reuven himself had creditors and these creditors, he had borrowed money from them way back, even before he originally sold the, house, the, the land to Reuven, uh, to Shimon. Even before he originally sold the land to Shimon, he had an outstanding debt, and therefore there was a lien on this property. Now it's true, when Reuven first sold it to Shimon, if that creditor would have shown up, taken it away from Shimon, Shimon would have had no recourse, and Shimon would have lost the land and lost his money because he bought it without insurance. Right? So now, though, to add insult to injury, Shimon sold it back to Ruvain, and Shimon sold it to Ruvain with insurance. Ruvain's creditor comes and collects it, and now Ruvain has the chutzpah to come to Shimon and say, I bought it from you for Achrayas. Achrayas means it was taken away from me for any reason. Uh, you have to pay me back. So therefore, even though it satisfied my loan that I owed, you still owe me the money because it was... I bought it from you, Bachrais. What's the halacha over there? So therefore, says Rami Barchamo, that if Reuven's creditor comes, the Katarif lay and collects it from Reuven, Dina, the halacha is, the, you know who, the Azil Shimon Shimon has to come and save it. Means Shimon has, is put into the uh, position that he can either go to this creditor and try to buy him off that he should not take the property. And if he cannot do that, then he needs to pay Ruvain for the loss of that property. That is what Rabbi Barachamba wanted to rule. So Amalei Rava. So Rava again rejected this ruling. He said like this. He says, There's no question that if Ruvain would have lost the property because the creditor of Shimon would have taken the, taken the land. Then, there's no question that then Shimon would have had to pay Ruvain, right? Because that's, he accepted. And more than that, also, if let's say Ruvain would have sold the property a second time, means Ruvain bought it, I'm sorry, stop that. Ruvain bought it, uh, Ruvain sold it to Shimon, Shimon sold it, instead of selling it back to Ruvain, let's say Shimon had sold it to Levi. And he said to Levi, I am selling it to you with title insurance. I'm covering anything that happens to it. You come back to me. And in such a case, one of Ruvain's creditors took it away from Levi. There's also no Shiloh over there. Is that that's what Shimon sold. Shalach rice to protect Levi. Levi would have a right to come collect it. Whether it's Shimon's creditor coming to take it away. Or whether it's Ruvain's creditor coming to it. That would have been understandable that, that Levi goes back and collects from Shimon. But says Rava, this over here is an untenable situation. He says that even though Shimon sold it back to Ruvain, and Ruvain made him sell it with Achrayas, he says that only in his mind, when you're selling it to the person himself, he's selling it to Ruvain. Now, let's say Ruvain would want to take that property from Shimon. Ruvain himself comes to take take. The prophet of Shimon said, I want, I bought it from you and now I want to go pay off one of my debts and you've got to pay me back. Of course, Shimon would not have to pay him back. What do you mean? You're going to, I just sold your property. Even though I insured it to you, you're going to go ahead and use it to pay off one of your debts and then come back to me and say, I owe you money. That's 
clearly would not be something you could do. So therefore, that's the same thing over here. The fact that your creditor is taking it from you, that's like you're paying off your debt. Since it's like you're, you, that, on that, I didn't accept, uh, I didn't accept title insurance on that. I didn't expect an, uh, an insurer underwrite that if something happens to it, I'm gonna pay you back. If you yourself are using it to pay off one of your debts, this is like you yourself using paying debts. So Bishloma, if it would have been collected from Levi, Okay? That's not like lady taking and paying off one of your debts. That's like one of your credits taking a lady. I would understand I have to pay for it. But when it's from you and to pay off your debt, that's not insurable. And that on something I would not have to pay you back for. So that's what Rova says. Amrle Rova. He says, Even though uh, Ruvain accepted, uh, uh, Shimon accepted himself a guarantee that uh, if anybody else would have taken it, I would be insuring. Uh, I would be insuring it. Meaning, uh, somebody, any else would have, anyone else would have taken this property, right? So then, I would, for sure, have accepted the responsibility. So if anybody else would have, any other outside creditor would have taken it, my creditor or somebody else having claim on it, but when it's your creditor taking it to, uh, for a debt that you created, that's like you paying off your debt and coming back to me and saying, now you owe me the money back. That doesn't work. But, and, 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 uh, and, and, and we said, and, and, and that's why if it was sold to Levi, let's say a third party, and then Ruben take it, because that's also not considered like you paid off your debt, because it's in Levi's hands, not in Ruben's hands. But Ruben will agree to Rami Barachama's ruling, is that Let's say Ruben did not, what, the, 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 Ruben, the way it came into Ruben's hands is he inherited from his father. His father died, left him the land. And then and then he sold it to Shimon without a chryas, right? Without a guarantee, right? For us as Shimon, our case, except in case, the only we're adding, the case we're adding is that the way Reuben got originally, he got it from Yaakov. And us as Shimon, and Shimon turned around and turned it back, sold it back to Reuben. Reuben bought it from him with a chryas. And now what happens is, Instead of the creditor of Ruvain taking the land away, which there Rubber said there's no way that Shimon has to compensate Ruven for that, Yaakov, the original owner, Yaakov, there was a creditor on Yaakov before Yaakov died that he had borrowed money. There was a, he had a lien on the land. So when Yaakov died, he gave over the land to Ruvain. Ruvain turned around and sold it without a Christ. And now it was sold back to Ruvain with a Christ. In such a case, and Yaakov's creditor came and took it, and took it from Ruvain. In such a case, that Shimon can go back and collect the money, uh, Reuben can go back and collect the money from Shimon for, because it was taken away from him. What's the reason? Why is this different? Because this is not like Reuben paying off his debts with this land. It's Yaakov's debts. Reuben has not had, did not have the uh, 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 requirement. It's a mitzvah to pay off your father's debt, but you don't have a requirement to go ahead and pay off his debt. It's my time, Bachov de Yaakov. Yaakov's Bachov is Bachov de Al-Madami. It's considered like an outside Bachov taking it. It's not Considered like Mamish, it's not a debt on Reuben himself. So it's not Reuben debt on Reuben himself. It's not like Reuben taking the money and paying off. That you can't do. That falls under that I gave you title insurance, I covered you, I insured the property for anybody taking it away other than you. 
You, you yourself can't take it or pay your own debt. But somebody else can, uh, and Yaakov's debt is considered like if it's somebody else coming and collecting it, and that would be okay to do. So that, that's where, that's where you, you would have a right to come back and collect the money from Shimon. Vaitu. Reuben sold a land to Shimon and he guaranteed it. Now, very interesting. What happened over here was Reuben, let's say you have a property that's $100,000. So Reuben sold it to Shimon and the purchase price that Shimon bought it with is 400000 and Reuben accepted on himself that if anything happens to this land, Reuben will reimburse Shimon 100000 But... Shimon at the time did not have the cash on hand. He did not have the money to pay the 100000 So what they basically did was, he said, fine, you can be Kona, you can acquire the land with Chazoka, you can acquire it by Shtar, and I will turn the purchase price into a loan. So basically they wrote an IOU on the purchase price, which now Ruvain became a creditor to Shimon. Shimon owns the property and owes the purchase price as a loan to Ruvain. Alright? So Zakalab Milva. Right, so let's again. So the case is basically Ruvain sold Shimon a property and Shimon, instead of giving him the hundred thousand for the property, it became an IOU alone. So Ruvain has a note now that the property is owed that 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 there is a hundred thousand dollars that is owed to him. Now, Umais Ruvain, Ruvain died. So now you have the Yorshim. Now let's understand this. There is, there is Yorshim that of Ruvain. Now the Yorshim of Ruvain are not obligated to pay debt or liability incurred from the, by their father in, in, with Metalzalin. But if there is land, they are required to give up the land, assuming the land came from the estate, for the debt of the father. But what happened was here, What happened was, Ruvain had a pre-existing loan. Ruvain himself owed money. And the Baal Chov comes to Ruvain's estate. They don't have any land left. No land. Right? So he can't take from them. Right? Even if there was some metallic, he can't take from either. So he goes to anybody that had purchased land from Ruvain after his debt was in, the debt was incurred so he found Shimon bought the land Shimon bought a $100,000 property let's say the loan was $100,000 so he goes to Shimon now and he says to Shimon that property that you brought from Ruvain you now are going to lose it because I needed to pay off to, to the debt that Ruvain owed me now Shimon recognizes the fact that he also owes, he still owes the estate $100,000. Now, even though that's metaltalin, to pay your somim, you can pay, you have to pay them the money that's owed in metaltalin. They, you cannot require, you cannot collect from them in metaltalin, but you probably get to pay. So he makes the following cheshman to himself. He says, listen. He says, this guy is going to take my property. Right? He's going to take my property. Now, if he takes my property, I can't go back to the somim for the title insurance of the property because that would be trying to get cash from them and I can't get cash from them. Right? But what I can... And I, I don't, I'd rather not lose this property either. I want to hold on to this property. So maybe what I'll do is let's try to kill two birds with one stone. I will tell the creditor, let me keep the land. Right? And I will pay you 
a hundred thousand dollars to remove you from this property. Now, but I want that hundred thousand dollars also to be counted as if I'm paying back the estate. Because I'm satisfying a debt from the estate. So what might not come in if I pay the estate directly, or I pay this person who owns the property from the estate, so, who the estate owe the money to, the chora, that should satisfy my debts and they should have to tear up my IOUs. That's what he wants, that's what he has in Kavana to do. So instead of uh, paying up the land and still owing a hundred thousand, he figures I'm going to pay it off and let that also count as paying off the IOU, right? That's what, that's what, he, that, that's what he's trying to do. So, Says the Gemara, also Balchov the Ruvain, because our Mishim is the Balchov of Ruvain came, and he wants to take away the land now. Ufai said, and Shimon was able to appease him by giving him $100,000 of money to leave the land. So, do you know who? Now, and now when the, the estate come to him and say, you owe us still $100,000 for the land, right? And he can't say to the, and so, and, 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 and you know, and say, well, you owe, he would not have been able to say, well, you owed me money because it was insured, but now he's going to say, I paid off your debt. And when it says, dinner with the is, the Amrilei Bnei Rube, the children of Ruben say is, that your cheshben was a bad cheshben. You still owe us the money. Why? Because, our father never left us any land. Meaning, technically, the creditor of our father was not able to get anything from us. Because we didn't have any real estate, right? The only thing we had is, we have an outstanding debt of $100,000. That's like money that you have of ours. You had 100000 And we, that's the only thing that was there. And the, and the credit, that was protected from the creditor. He cannot take from you cash, right? That there's no lien on the cash. The cash, you had $100,000 that you would have had to pay, that you would have to pay us because, again, we have an, we have an IOU on you because you never paid for the original value of the land. We would have been able to collect it and that the Baal Chol would not have been able to collect. So therefore, you gave him cash that you should have given us. He, you, you, the, the only thing he could have taken to you from land is land. And when you were given the land, it's true it satisfied a Chol, an outside Chol that our father had, but it doesn't take care of the fact that you still owe us 100000 because the bottom line is that $100,000 that was ours that you have the creditor was not able to take. You gave it to him. That's your problem. You still owe us the $100,000. That is the halacha. So, I'm a rubber. So, rubber said, there is a way that, Rami Bar, that, that the ruling that Rami Muhammad just made, which will actually cause this guy to lose $200,000. $100,000, he lost the property and he can't get it back because the insurance, he can't get back from the assignment because he can't. And number two, he still owes because that he does have to pay to some, he has a way to avoid it that he can cut his losses that he should not lose on both ends. What can he do? Let's say Shimon is clever, he's smart. What he can do is as follows, is that he can go to the estate, right? He protected the land, he gained what he wanted, he has the property that he has because he wanted to hold on to that property and he removed the creditor by paying the creditor $100,000. But what he can do is, he goes to the assumption and says, okay, fine, I owe you $100,000. But you know what? I'm not going to pay in cash. I'm going to pay in property. 
right? Pay in cash, so then I don't have a way of collecting that. But if I pay you in, in property, now that I paid you in property, I can get paid back for my loss of losing the land. Right? That I can go ahead and do, because anything that's paid for a debt that was on the estate is considered to be part of the original estate. It's not, so therefore, since it's considered like land that was left, it's as if the father left this land, because it's coming in lieu of a debt that was on the estate. So if I pay back, if he pays back cash, he's out $200,000. But I'm not going to pay back cash. I'm going to pay you for the IOU in property. Now I come to you and I say, hey, you guys, your father's bar creditor took money from me. Now I want to get paid back because I had insurance. Now your original title was, we wouldn't have to pay you back if it's only Metallican. But now it's not only Metallican because I gave you Karka as a, a payment for the outstanding IOU of your father. So now if the estate has land, I can take it back. He pays them, IOU is settled, takes it back as part of the insurance that he had, and now the only thing that he had is not really out $100,000. That's the $100,000 that was the original purchase price, which we had had to pay anyway, and he has the land, and he only paid the $100,000 one time. That is what he can do if he's smart. So, I'm a rubber, Ipikeaf, Edof, if Shimon is clever, he can pay him back with land. And then he can collect it back because of the insurance that he had on the original property that was taken from him by the credit of Ruben, he can go ahead and take it back. And this follows Rav Nachman. Because what did Rav Nachman teach us? Amr Rav Nachman, Amr Rav Baravu, Yisemim Avim. That Yisemim, even though when the father died, there was no actual karka in the estate, but if they collect an outstanding IOU that the father had, if they collect it in land, it's as if that land was part of the estate, and therefore Baal Chov Chod Samihen. A Baal Chov now can come and collect. So initially they could have pushed the Baal Chov, we don't have any land. But if they went and collected an IOU that the father was owed, they collected in, pro, in land, then that's considered to be part of the original estate, and now the creditor can take it from them. And in this case, the creditor is the guy that they owe the money because his property was insured. He can go ahead and take it, pay in land and take it back, and then he's not out to $200,000. Let's go by to Amarabo, Ruben, Shemach, or Kol Shimon. So we have a situation over here is that uh, Ruben, right, maybe he felt he was going to die, whatever it is, went and sold every property that he had at a, in a one-time sale. That fact that's one time is very important over here. He sold a one-time sale to Shimon, all right? Shimon, on the other hand, of those properties, there were ten properties that Shimon brought from Ruvain, he took one of those properties and he sold it to Levi. Now, there shows up a creditor, Ruvain. Ruvain had an outstanding debt that was incurred before the original sale. So every one of those properties, there's a lien on those properties to pay off the debt. Now, only one property would satisfy the debt, but the lien is on all of Ruven's, on, 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 on Shimon's uh, 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 properties that he acquired from Ruven. The lien is on all of them, and it was a one-time sale, so therefore the encumbered properties are all equally, all have the lien on it. Now, the land that Shimon sold to Levi also had the lien on it. So the question is, what's the status on this, about this creditor does he take payback from the nine properties that Shimon is still in possession of? Or does he can he take from the one property that Levi purchased 
Because again, his lien is on all ten properties. So that, what's the ruling here? So Ratzam Izegdeva, Ratzam Izegdeva. He can collect from either one. The bottom line is either one he can either take from the nine properties or he can take from the one property because his lien on each property is uh, on the encumbered properties. Now, this is this would be different, by the way, if it was Ruvain, the original uh, debtor who was in property of the, who owned the ten lands, and he sold only one to Levi. In such a case, uh, he sold only one to take to Shimon. In such a case, Shimon can turn around saying, "I left nine properties by Reuven. You can't come to me. The encumbered properties of the Bnei Chorin. You have to go to the Bnei Chorin." But in this case, they're both buyers. So therefore, the fact that they're both buyers, he's got equal rights to go to Reuven. Uh, to go to, to Shimon and to go to Levi to collect the property. But we're going to see that the fact that Reuven sold all of the properties at one time to Shimon makes Shimon more than just an actual buyer. On some level, he does step into the shoes of Reuven. Not completely, but partially. So therefore, he is considered to be a buyer in terms of you can go to either party, go to Shimon and get the one property, if that's what it, or you can go to what is more convenient, or you can go to, uh, you come to get, to, to, to Levi to collect the one property that satisfies. So therefore, yes, but what's the, the law, Amram, but this is the caveat here, is we know that the Chazal established that a Balchov collects from Bainanis. There's three grades of land. This Idis is the highest quality. There is Bainanis, which is a medium, medium quality, average quality. And there's the Boris, which is the poor quality. Now, a hundred thousand dollar debt property, you got, either way it's worth a hundred thousand, but it might be five acres of poor quality. It might be two acres of Bainani, and it might be a half an acre. And obviously, the smaller the property, the better it is. So less, less upkeep, it's easier to uh, sell. So you would rather have the higher level quality. So it says, Is that when Shimon, when do we say that you can go to Levi as, as well as go to Shimon, is if Shimon sold Levi Bainanis. Now, since Shimon uh, sold Levi Bainanis, so Levi is in possession of Bainanis, so you can go to Levi and say, listen, I have a right to Bainanis, and therefore I can collect from you, I, I mean, I can go to, Le, uh, to Levi, the, the Reuven can go to Levi and say, I, not Reuven, Reuven's creditor can go to Levi and say, is that I as a creditor have a right to Bainanis, and therefore, my lien was on the bainanis that you bought. I can come to you, right? So Zavna, uh, it is the Ziburis, But if Levi only saw, if, if Levi only purchased, and was, obviously he did it specifically, he did not. He avoided the bainanis. He only took from Shimon either Idis land, the high quality, or Ziburis, a low quality. Then, in such a case. Mati Amar Lehi, Levi can push off the creditor of Reuven by saying, I specifically went out of my way to buy land that as a creditor you don't have access to, right? In such a case, and, 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 and therefore, uh, that, uh, you can only, uh, go to, uh, Shimon, you cannot come to me, Levi, because I specifically did not take Bainers. But I have Bainers who can come to me. Now, by the way, that in that case, it's different than in the than the owner. Because let's say the owner, Ruvain, would have sold Shimon 
property, even if he sold in baininess, and even if Reuben does not have any baininess left, in such a case, the creditor collects from whatever Reuben has. He cannot go to Shim and say, oh, he's got the baininess, Reuben doesn't, because your first requirement is to see that there is no land by Reuben before you can go on to encumbered properties with someone else. But, but in this case over here, since they both are buyers, they're both buyers, so therefore, what's the halacha? So in, in such a case, as long as Levi can say, I didn't take the bainerness so that you shouldn't come to me, he is able to push him back to Shimon. Now, but we said, bainerness nami lo amran. Now, even in the case of where we said that if Levi did buy bainerness, so then, then Ruben's creditor can go to Levi. It's only lo amran ella the lo shavit bainerness to gavase. As long as he never left bainerness that's of equal value and, 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 and equal, equally ca- ca- takes care of the loan by Shimon. Because if Lady can say, yes, it's true I bought Bainanis, but I left Bainanis by Shimon, again he can push him back to Shimon and say, you can't come to me, I left land for you to take from over there. So the only time we say that you can take land from uh, Levi is if Levi is the one that has the baininess, and Shimon doesn't have the baininess. But if Shimon also has baininess, Levi can push Reuben's creditor back to, back to Shimon. But if you left an equal amount of baininess that to collect, to, to satisfy the loan by Shimon, then Reuben's creditor can be forced to go to Shimon. It cannot come to Levi. Levi can say to him, I left I left a place for you to collect from. Okay, Vaiter. Amrabaya. Ruvain Shemachar Sadala Shimon. Let's say Ruvain sold a field to Shimon Bachraya. So again, it's straight, straight up case. Ruvain has a property, a hundred thousand dollar property, he sells it to Shimon. Shimon takes title insurance. If anything happens to the property, I come back to you, Ruvain, you write me a check. And what happened was, is that Reuven had an outstanding creditor, and this creditor now is coming to Shimon, and he's saying, I want that property, right? The halacha is like this, is that normally there's a, the rule is, the only one who can uh, uh, fight against you and make arguments against you in court is your litigant, the person that you're coming against. Some outsider can't just show up and say, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and try defend the, uh, the defendant over here. You know, I don't have to deal with you. You can say, La Baldivar Mdadiyo, who are you? So here are the cases over here is, Ruvain has a creditor. Ruvain, creditor goes to Ruvain. Ruvain says, I have no assets, I have no property. Last piece of property I sold is to Shimon. So now, this creditor now goes to Shimon and wants to take this property away from Shimon. Comes along Ruven and Ruven wants to help defend that the creditor should not be taken away from Ruven. Rashi brings down a number of the options. He could say one thing. He could say to him is that no, I paid you. You owe, I'm sorry, you owed me money too. It's a hundred thousand dollars on this loan, but you had taken a loan from me, and this should offset. And you don't have a right to take that. There's arguments that Ruven can make to try and make it difficult that Shimon should not just be able to take away this property. From uh, that, that uh, not Shimon, Shimon, that Reuben's creditor should not be able to take this property directly from Shimon. Now, Lechora, Reuben's creditor saying is, listen, you no longer have property for me. This becomes my property to collect from. 
Get out of here. You're out of the picture. Can he do that or can he not do that? No, he can't do that. Why? So he says like this. He says that that the Balchov of Reuben comes and Reuben no longer has anything to pay him with. And now he tries to take the land of him. Shimon didn't know who the halacha is. Reuben can go and represent Shimon. Reuben can fight on behalf of Shimon to try and uh, push off the creditor that the land should remain by Shimon. And Reuben's creditor cannot say to him, one second, since you no longer have money for me, that property now is in Shimon's possession. My litigant, the person I have to deal with is Shimon, not you. You should not be interfering over here. can't say that. You can't say to him, you are not my litigant. You are no longer, you are no longer involved in the picture. Why not? Because Reuben can say to him, listen, what do you think is going to happen? If you take away this property from Shimon, what happens next? Shimon comes back to me and wants a check. So therefore it does make it mine. I am on the hook over here. So I am considered involved and therefore I can defend this property that you should not be able to take it away from Shimon. So therefore, the Mavkis Mine, when you take it uh, uh, away from him, Mavkis Mine, when you take it from Shimon, Alai Hadar, he comes back to me. And therefore it's considered as if I am a direct defendant on the case as well. Now, so the understanding over here is is that this is, would be only true if it was sold by Reuben to Shimon with Achrayas. Since he sold it to him with Achrayas, that's when Reuben can interfere. But let's say Reuben sold it to Shimon without Achrayas. There was no insurance. And therefore Shimon can't go back to Reuben. So really Reuben has no, 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 has, no, has no skin in the game. Why? Because if it's taken away from Shimon... Shimon can't go back to Reuben. So in such a case, if Reuben wants to defend Shimon, the Baal Chov can say, get out of here. You're done with. You're not involved anymore. You don't have the property. I will leave the property and you should not be defending. That's the understanding of the first Lashon. But Ikata Amri, there is another opinion that says, that even in cases where Reuben sold it to Shimon without a Christ, means Shimon's not coming back and saying, demanding the money from Reuben. Is the bottom line my reputation at stake? Shimon is going to feel that I set him up. Shimon's going to be upset at me. For me to be able to make Shimon feel better, placate him, that he should not be upset at me, that enough gives me skin in the game. That enough makes it, I am on the hook for something. I'm on the hook for this. He's going to be upset of me now for the rest of his life. I don't want that happening. That gives me the right to defend Shimon, right, and be uh, and, and be considered a defendant as well because my honor, my 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 reputation is on the line as well. So Amar Abayin, Reuben sold Shimon If Reuben sold a field to Shimon without uh, insurance, meaning that if something happens to this field. Reuben, uh, Shimon cannot go back to Reuben and say, you have to pay me the, uh, the, 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 the purchase price, right? So he's on the hook if something happens to it. The Yatsu Allah, and on the field came out, Asikin. Asikin means that there's, uh, protesters, meaning that, uh, there's a question as to whether Reuben had the right to sell this land. Maybe it was stolen property. So now, the case over here was money had not, trans, uh, had, had not, had not uh, transferred over. If the money had already transferred over, that becomes the chazok. And once there's that kinyan, then there's nothing you can do about it. So therefore, money had not transferred. But there is a formalization of a kinyan called the chazaka that shows ownership that that does consummate the, the sale, that, that the transaction is done. 
So as long as Shimon has not done Chazaka, he didn't give money, and there was no Chazaka, and even though Chachomim frowned, there's a curse against the person that, that reneges on his words. You gave your word, you're going to purchase the property, but it's understandable here that you're concerned because you're afraid if something happens, you're going to lose the property and you don't have any title insurance, so therefore, you can back out. But if you actually made, formalized the transaction in such a case, then at that point, you cannot back out anymore because Ruven can say to Shimon listen you have to realize when you buy something without insurance uh, without insurance you're taking the chance that there is an issue with this and therefore once the Kenya has gone through you are not able to withdraw you cannot back out and uh, and, and, and uh, you just whatever happens happens right now a bias, it's specifically we're talking about when it's Shalobach rise. Why is that? In this Lusher, and the Gemara understands, because if it had been Bach rise, means let's say Reuben guaranteed the field, so then Shimon would be able to back out even after Chazaka. That sounds counterintuitive. Why? You're going to get your money back anyway. Fakert. The reason why I took it without, with, without, with, with, with insurance is because I don't want, I, I, I'm concerned I'm taking insurance in such a case and therefore What's the difference if... Why, why save us the headache? Why should it be taken from me that there might be a, a proof that it's stolen? Uh, that, that, that there'll be proof that it was stolen. And I go after you. So therefore, instead, I, I, even though I did Chazok, I haven't given the money yet. So then let me pay myself out now. Let me just preempt having to come to you and collecting money. So therefore, this din that you can only back out if there was no Chazaka is only specifically where... It was Shalobah Chrayas, because that's something you should have expected. But it was, and, and if you made the Kenyan, you have to pay the money. But if it was Bachrayas, even though you made the Kenyan, as long as you haven't paid the money, it's as if you're paying for one pocket, well, I'm going to just save the whole, uh, the whole circle, you going around and, and, and then coming, uh, and then me having to take the money from you, I'll at least pay myself, and I just, uh, I can back out, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not considered to be violating the Mishapara Halacha. That's the first Lashen. Again, so he said, once he did Chazaka, when there was no Achrayas, and you cannot back out. Ah, you might end up losing the money. Is Mishum Katiri Savait the Kabilat. You bought a bag. You have you you know that you're buying a bag that's full of knots. That there is possible trouble with this land. And once you bought it and you made the Kenyan, even if you haven't given the money, you can no longer back out. Whereas uh, whereas uh, and what is considered to be a the formulation of the Kenyan, what's a chazaka? That's when you walk around the boundaries. The boundaries, there was mounds of earth that showed the land, which land belongs to who. So when you step down on these, these boundaries, that shows that you're the owner. And even if you haven't given the money, you cannot back out anymore once you formalize it. Because it was Shlobach Rice. In the case of Shabbat you could still back out because that's why I took Shabbat Rice to have the riot to be able to recoup. So what's, why should I wait until it's taken away and then come to you for the money? I just won't pay you and I'll back out now the way it is. So Ikeda Amri, however, there is another version of, the, uh, of this ruling that says, I feel about Christ, Nami, that even with Achrayus, 
right? You can no longer back out once there's been a formalization, formalization of the Kenyan. What's this for? Because Reuben can say to Shimon, listen, Avachrayas means I will pay you if something happens. Nothing's happened yet. Because, because you heard rumors that you think it might and everything, therefore you'll be able to back out. No, you don't have a back out. When something happens, then you'll back out. Show me the star that you can collect from me. Remember, when something was taken away, they would go to Basin and get a star tirpa. When you can show me the star tirpa, the document that Basin gave you because it was taken away, when that actually happens, then then I will pay you. And But up to that point, you don't have a right to say, I'm going to back out. We don't allow you to back out.